Uh, we're in Virginia. Yeah. Uh, you know, is there areas where you can go out and really have a nice walk? Yeah, I do walk. I, okay. I, I can walk up to eight miles on some oh, days. Okay. Well, there you go. That's a start. Yeah. The only That's thing that looks good on me is my legs. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the Political Party Pooper Playbook. And if you thought all we did was sit around thinking up ways to poop on empty suit politicians, well, you'd be half right. Okay, uh, for the next two weeks, uh, we have some breaks from politics. Let's make it three weeks. This week, we're going to be talking to my friend Nicholas D'Alessandro. He's a bodybuilder, a champion bodybuilder, uh, ex-career police officer, ex-career military, and a guy I've known for decades. Uh, this this podcast, uh, some weeks looks less like a national podcast and more like a celebration of Delaware County, Pennsylvania, Delco. Uh, I was with a bunch of Delco guys over the weekend. I went golfing with my sons, which is to say they golfed. And I played whiff damn, whiff damn, whiff damn. But it was fun. I was with my boys, so that's all that mattered. Uh, like as I said, this week we're talking about Nick, talking to Nick. He's going to talk about fitness and uh, weightlifting, uh, resistance exercise, the benefits thereof, how to do it, how to approach it. I'll try to get him to speak about uh, beginner, novice, expert kind of thing for everybody. Next week, we will probably do uh, another installment of the book or another installment of the 10 things we have to get right for the coming demographic decline and deglobalization. These, these things are going to impact your life intimately and severely. You should know about them. You should be aware of what's going on. And uh, after we do the 10 points, well, actually, I think the 10 points will be self-explanatory. These are the things we have to work on, period. If we get any one of them wrong, we're in big trouble. We have to get them all right. They all have to work. And if they don't, man, it's not looking good. <laughs> We're in a good position relative to the rest of the world if we do get the 10 points correct. If we don't, we're going to be as bad off or worse off than anybody else that is burdened by deglobalization. Then two weeks from today, uh, we'll have Karen Toto Hockenberry. Karen Hockenberry. We know her as Karen Toto uh, from when we were growing up. Again, another Delco person. Uh, she is going to talk uh, about fitness and nutrition from a different perspective. Basically, uh, just staying in shape, not trying to be a bodybuilder and bulk up and all that. Uh, she's going to talk about relieving stress, controlling stress. And I will try to get her to move into uh, how our physical health and our mental health affects our financial health and how by being successful uh, in terms of uh, taking care of our bodies and our health, 
how that might translate into a healthy income. So with that, let's uh, let's bring Nick on. So I want to I want to start this segment with a salute to your dad. Okay. Uh, he was an amazing guy. He was a character. Um, I remember when when you guys were young. He he loved you guys. You know, with a with a passion, with a fury. Yeah. And uh, I met Nick. Nobody would know this, but I met Nick in the '60s on a swim team. Yeah. And uh, and <laughs> Nicky's dad would be the loudest parent, and he'd be running alongside the pool and cheering, "Go, Nicky! Go, Nicky! Go, Lisa! Go, Lisa!" And the result was two great swimmers. Yeah. Uh, we were pretty good, yeah. yeah. So how did how did you come by being a swimmer? Um, my dad was we, we used to go to Margate on uh-huh. vacation, and uh, uh, we were on a beach one day. And if you've ever been down a beach, you know where the lifeguards have to go in. They all you hear the whistles blowing, and all the lifeguards come rushing to one spot, and and everybody sort of runs to the to the waterline to see what's going on. And, uh, you know, I was little, I, I forget how old I was, maybe like 10 or 11. And, and, uh, uh, we all ran there and it was my dad that was getting pulled in. Uh, he got pulled out by a riptide and, uh, uh had to go out and get him and bring him in. And, and, and literally from that point forward, it was, you know, we got home, uh, and literally Lisa and I were like thrown into the three foot and you're going to learn how to swim. So, uh, I actually started my swimming lessons at the at the Philadelphia YMCA uh, wow. under, under a guy who used to coach at Yaden years before any Lynch and Dave Pierce. Uh, and then every summer we'd be swimming, and you know it's it's it was crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of a lot of you guys also swam at not just the Yaden Swim Club, but you swam at the Y and at Vesper, right? Uh, well, from, uh, yeah, from 67 until 1969, we swam for Vesper with Arlene Wallen. Uh, and there were a couple other people. So it was me, Lisa and Arlene that would go there for practice all the time. Like Arlene's mom would drive us to practice. And then, um, there was another team called Suburban out in Newtown Square, uh, that was pretty much the home of a lot of Olympians, um, mm-hmm. like Carl Roby uh, and, and people like that. And uh, we went there mm-hmm. like for the last two years, and and that's basically where we actually got pushed. Uh, there was a guy there. Uh, oh God, I wish I could remember his name, but anyway, uh, Dave McIntyre. He was like. Uh, Ended up being a coach for University of Connecticut and also was an assistant coach for uh, the 1976 Olympics, the Olympic swim wow. team. So, yeah, so he was pretty good. He pushed us. I, every time every time I talk to somebody on Delco on this program, it amazes me how much talent came out of that county. Oh, God, yeah. Sports, sports the yeah. stage, music. You know, I'm going to be talking to Karen Toto in a couple of weeks. Okay. Uh, she was on Broadway. She met Rex Harrison. Wow. You know, um, who's the girl from 30 Rock? Uh, came out of Upper Darby. I'll remember her name eventually. Yeah, <laughs> it'll, it'll pop into my head halfway through our conversation. Also, the girl who played the, uh, 
Uh, the sister-in-law on Raymond. Yep. Was from Delco. Yep. Yep. Upper Darby. Yep. Yeah. A lot of a lot of talent. Oh you yeah. Know. Sure. sure. So, did you swim in high school? Uh, I did. I swam for Bonner. Uh, so my my four years at Bonner was consisted of like a morning swim practice at Bonner, go to school, go home, eat dinner, go to suburban at night, back from suburban, do my homework. Yeah. And then weekends were swim meets. Friday nights were Bonner swim meets, and then Saturday and Sundays were suburban. So my whole four years of my life was not just mine, Lisa too, because Lisa uh, Prendy had a team for her last two years at Prendy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we we both swam for suburban that whole time, so it was it was a great team. I mean, we could have went a lot far. I got tired of it. I'll be honest. We, you know, when you, when you do that much. Uh, you you have to be you have to have a dedication beyond you know anything else and yeah. and to be honest with you I could have done a lot better um, I mean when I was at Bonner I went to nationals all four years I went to championships all four years uh, I was a butterflyer just like I was at Yaden uh, suburban I was a butterflyer too and and uh, I just I just actually I got tired of it it was like maybe a six month period of time. Uh, one of the younger coaches took me aside, basically said, you're going to do better. And from that point on, I, I, I pushed and pushed and but I still got tired of it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And to, to, to get into national competition or or college competition is where this family is learning now. Yeah. Uh, my niece loved volleyball, loved it, loved it, loved it. And went to play for Rowan. Okay. And college volleyball is way different than high school volleyball. <laughs> the, the hours and the requisite uh, fanaticism yeah. uh, is pretty amazing. Hang on. Let me switch out these glasses. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, I can't do it. Can't do it. They're not here. I grabbed the wrong glasses. And the problem is these are bifocals. So when I want to see you, I'm raising my eyes. I shouldn't do that. Yeah, well, I usually wear contacts and every once in a while. I take because I just go back to the gym. So it was like uh, I give my eyes a break every once in a while. I wear my glasses, and my wife's like, "You look so good in glasses." And I was like, "You know what? I hated them. I wore them for twelve years, and I just can't stand wearing glasses all the time." My lovely producer just saved my life. Oh, there you go. And she happens to ah, be ah, much, much gooder, much gooder. <laughs> all right, man. Well, listen, before we move on to the big stuff I want to talk to you about, I just want to say one more thing about your old man that I didn't know until two years ago. (laughs) He was a badass. Oh, yeah, he was. He he was World War II Pacific Theater. I didn't know that. He he grew up without a dad. Uh, His father, my dad was born in September of 1917, and his father died in March of 17. Uh-huh. So he was raised basically by his mom and his older siblings. My dad was the youngest of four. Uh, so he basically, I was like his test case, you know, because he didn't have a father. Uh, he was in the Marines. He, he joined the Marines. Him and his brother joined the Marines. My brother Fred uh, joined the Marines uh, when they were younger. Uh, and back then, you know, it was like if you did something stupid in the neighborhood, you had two choices. You join right. a Marine, you go to jail. 
So yeah. <laughs> he joined the Marines. <laughs> yeah. well, you know, he spent a couple of years at Gitmo, uh, and then he came back here. And, and, and yeah, he was, you know, my dad was always a hard worker. Uh, he, he, he was tough, but he was, but he was fair. You know, he wanted the best for everybody. Uh, he, he worked two, three jobs, like as long as I can remember, but so my mom could stay home. Uh-huh. And uh, he all he wanted us all to go to college, you know. It was like, yeah. you know, when I joined the military, it was like a stab in the back, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. He told me he's joined the military, and I went, "Well, Dad, look, I, you know, it, it's it's what I didn't want to do." So yeah, but, yeah. He was a badass. I mean, he you didn't mess with him, you know. You didn't. Uh, mess if with if him. you didn't if you didn't know his background, you wouldn't know he was a badass. Oh, no. He was just such a nice guy. He was always oh. nice to everybody. Oh, yeah. And he became mayor of the town. <laughs> what did <laughs> yeah, he have, two terms? Uh, he, he did two terms. Uh, he was actually going to go for a third. But my mom said, you do a third and I'm going to divorce you. <laughs> <laughs> so he decided to back out. But yeah, he, he was, you know, he became very popular uh, basically through the swim team and like the swim mm-hmm. club and you know, then he was in the Galileo Club, and and you know when he became mayor, he was the first Italian Democratic mayor of Yaden. So, uh-huh. uh, uh, you know, the four years he was there, he 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 did a great job. You know, he 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 tried his best, and and he had really no background in politics. I mean, it was like yeah, he learned along the way, and and he he did well. Was Mister Burleson still Mister Burleson still active at that point? Yes, he was. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was like uh, Harry Masters was the head of the Republican Party, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and Burleson, and Mr. Burleson, Lee Burleson was was part of it. So they were all, you know, in, in the in the clan and stuff like that. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Okay. The reason I asked you to come on yeah. um, with this with this uh, podcast and with uh, with Karen. Uh, we're taking a break from the politics a little bit, <laughs> especially if if you read today's the one that just dropped today. Yeah, you're going to need a break from politics. <laughs> I have to. I, I I saw it when I was at the gym, and because I, I was going through my emails, and I went, "Oh, I'm going to have to read this, man." <laughs> yeah. Now today is mostly economics, but it, it's it's none of it good news. Oh no, it isn't. So, uh, so I I think this is cool. We get to lighten up a little bit, talk about yeah. something else. I, I like your background there. I didn't know you were in the Navy. How, how long were you in the Navy? 23 years. Oh, yeah. Okay. I retired out of Yorktown. And then I worked for a contractor just outside of D.C. Okay. Uh, did that for 15 years. Wow. And then we were going to move to the islands and ended up in Mississippi. <laughs> <laughs> so I retired early with this much money. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. But, uh, you know, now I do this. This is what I do. Good for you. Good for yeah. you. Being retired is fun. Say again? Being retired is fun. I love retirement. There's no plan. There's no schedule. Right. Right. You know, yeah. I the other day that had the hour hand, like on every hour. <laughs> I, I own my day. Nobody yeah, exactly. owns my day but me. Exactly. Um, I got buddies who are long past qualified for retirement. They're doing way better than I am right now. And I'm saying, why are you doing it? 
Why are you getting on I-95 again? No. That's why I left. If I I went from you could you could set your watch an hour and five from my house to work. And by the time I left, it would be up to eight hours round trip to work eight hours. Oh my god. One little hiccup on I-95. Yeah. It goes from an hour to two to three to four, just trying to get down to Thornburg because we could never afford to live in town. You know, we always lived in the outskirts. Yeah. So that's why I left. And I don't, you know, maybe I'm being solipsistic, but it, it's, uh, I, I look at the other guys and think, how can you do that? Yeah. You don't have to do it. If you don't have to do it, let some young bastard do it. Yeah, you exactly. know? Exactly. This is for woodworkers and people who love them. I've been making sawdust for 40 years. My first big wood project was a dining room table. It was the ugliest thing you ever saw. If you put a jug of milk on the table, everyone had to wait for the table to stop wobbling before they could eat. But I kept at it. Within a few years, I'd made an oak bedroom set, a four-poster bed with turn posts, and a complete living room set, all as gifts. I've made tons of yard games and smaller gifts over the years. I even earned an income from woodworking from time to time. I never mastered an organized approach to my projects. Most of my drawings were in my head. My cut calculations are crude. And what is on paper looks like cave drawings that only I can understand. So this year I'm going in a new direction. I will use Ted's Woodworking Resource. It's a massive collection of clean, concise plans and hold you by the hand instructions. 16,000 plans. Whether you want to make the best gifts for people you love or you want to actually pursue woodworking as a living, this resource will provide you with the grounding, guidance, and work habits that will put your projects into overdrive. Less hassle, less cussing, if you're like me, and time saved. So woodworkers and soon-to-be woodworkers, scroll to the picture in the transcript and grab this lifesaver. But, uh, yeah, so you uh, went to high school, you joined the military. How long were you in the military? Well, uh, actually, I joined the National I, I, I didn't join right away. I um, out of high school, I went to college. I went to Gabrini College for about a year and a half. Uh, my goal was to be uh, a special ed teacher. Um, and I, I, again, you know, when you go to college, you got to be dedicated to school. And, and I spent a year and a half at a Catholic college. Uh, what, did go to prep? Four years in a you Catholic Joe's? Huh? You going to St. Joe's? No, Cabrini. Cabrini. Oh, okay. Cabrini. Yeah. At the time I went to Cabrini, there was there were 485 girls and 15 guys because it oh. used to be college. And I got a I got a partial scholarship actually, but yeah. uh, you know I, I I applied to all the other schools, but I I I my SATs were never the greatest. My grades were good, but yeah. I couldn't take SATs. You know what the hell with it. So I spent a year and a half in college, and then I went to work. Um, and then uh, in 1977, uh, I joined the National Guard, the PA Guard. Mm -hmm. uh, 
which was, you know, that was the thing at the time. And, and uh, I didn't know about the reserves and, and active duty at the time wasn't the thing to do. So I joined the guard uh, and I was in basic training at Fort Dix in 1978. Um, and they, we were in a, a auditorium and there was people there talking about different things and Somebody had mentioned something about OCS. And, like, and half of us were like, what the hell is OCS? So they explained it and they were like, who would like to go to OCS? And yeah, okay, I'll raise my hand. Uh, you know, and after I graduated from basic in, in August of 1978, I went on to uh, my AIT, which was at Aberdeen Proving Grounds, uh, to be what they called at that time a metal worker, which was a welder, body, yeah. body work, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, after I graduated from there and I went back to my unit, you know, with private D'Alessandro and, and I was in my unit maybe three months and I got a letter in the mail saying that I had been approved to go to officer's candidate school. I was like, Oh, wow. <laughs> so, uh, I spent, uh, officer's candidate school and the PA guard, is not like uh, it's not a full time thing. You go on weekends and you do like two two week annual trainings. Uh, so in 1980, I'm sorry, 1979, I started OCS at Fort Indian Town Gap. And okay. For, yeah, for the next 15 months, it was instead of going to drills, I would go to OCS drills. Yeah. Um, so I went through that, and then in uh, May of 1980, I was commissioned as second lieutenant. So, uh, so my, my military career actually started in 1977. Uh, I joined for six years. I did a total of 36. Uh, I made it to the rank of major. Uh, and... Did a tour did a tour in Iraq in 2011. I mean, I was in different. Yeah, I knew you were in Afghanistan at one point or another. No, I actually didn't get. We didn't get to Afghanistan. We um the unit. No, no, was, that's what I call all those sand pits over there. Yeah, the unit I was in uh, was called the 77th Sustainment Brigade. They were out of New York, and our patch was the Statue of Liberty. Uh, so as a result of our lineage. And our patch, believe it or not, the Pentagon decided that we were going to be the last reserve unit to go to Iraq. And we ended up going, I can talk about this because it's past tense, but we were the last reserve unit to go to Iraq. And we ended up at Joint Base Pallad, uh, which used to be called Anaconda. And they changed the name. Yeah. Uh, so in, that was in, uh, in March of 2011, we ended up going to uh, Iraq. And in December, because uh, El Presidente Obama at the time said everybody has to be out by the end of 2011. Yeah. Uh, the beginning of December, we came home. So uh, I had some injuries when I was there. Uh, and I ended up in uh, a medical unit for about almost a year. Service-related injuries? Uh, yeah, service-related. Uh, I had some shoulder shoulder injuries. And then... Uh, and surgeries, and then uh, in uh, I'm giving you a short story version, actually. So in 2000, 
2012, my orders ended. And in 2013, you know, I always say that uh, when I come back from Iraq, I'm leaving. I'm getting yeah, out. Yeah, I'm yeah. 59 years old. Uh, so in January of 2013, I retired. So I retired as Major D, uh, what they used to call me, because I couldn't pronounce my last name all the time. Uh, so, yeah, the 36 years. Were you uh, were you uh, bodybuilding, competing, or anything during that time? No, I was working out because of being in the military. Obviously, you know that it's it's it's. I joke around about the services, like you know, if there's only so much you can do on a ship, you run around that run around the deck a few times here and there. But yeah, yeah, we had PT test twice a year and stuff like that. So I stayed in shape. I mean, I wasn't. I didn't get into bodybuilding uh, until the 80s uh but it wasn't as 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 intense as i as i have been the last couple of years mm -hmm. uh, okay so you did some time were you working as uh, a cop during your military career at the same time uh, well i was working the... I, I actually in 1980 i started working at the philadelphia neighbor shipyard i was part-time in yaden I started mm -hmm. part time in Yaden in 1974, uh, but you know at that time a police salary was ridiculous, uh, and I had gotten a job at the Philadelphia Navy Shipyard as a pipe fitter because I had a plumbing background, and and uh, I got a job down there as a pipe fitter. So I worked at the Philadelphia Naval Shipyard from 1980 till 1992, uh, and at that time I was still working part time. Uh, you know, whatever. And then um, the shipyard ended up on a brack list to close. Yeah. I I was in I was in Philly Naval Shipyard same time you were. Probably were you? Yeah, uh, early eighties. Um, I was uh, shipyard ops. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, and uh, I did like tug dispatching, uh, movement scheduling, stuff like that. Oh, I was yeah, I was in fifty six yacht. Yep. Yep. So we had, uh, yeah, we had, I had on, on my desk, I had the pile file system. All right. <laughs> I knew where shit was. Nobody else did. So I set up my, uh, my schedule on Friday for the following Monday. Yeah. You know, the USS Ellison had to go out. So we had to get yeah. that back, back bridge up, yeah. you know? Right. Right. So, uh, I come in on Monday and my desk is spick and span. This lady decided to do me a favor. She cleaned my coffee cup. She cleaned my desk. She was being sweet. Right. And I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> I had, I had forgotten completely about the Ellison. I don't know what I was doing that day and I don't know where anything was. Um, so I, you know, I'm going about trying to put things together slowly. You know, I'm talking to the chief saying, I can't believe this. And he's saying, you know, she's just trying to be cute, you know, trying to be nice to you. You know what I mean? I said, okay. So uh, about 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, we get a call from the Ellison saying, why isn't the bridge up? <laughs> I said, why would the bridge be up? <laughs> he goes, because we're supposed to be underway. I said, did you call me? Uh, they said, yeah. <laughs> what year was this? Uh, this was uh, 83, maybe, okay. 82, 83. Okay, so basically when the SLEP program started then, huh? Yeah, yeah. We, 
Yeah. We still had the Iowa in. The Iowa was right. about halfway through. Yeah. We were slipping the Saratoga. Yeah. 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 So that was that was a cool experience. I made first class while I was there. So okay. It was a good tour. Yeah. It was a good tour. It was you know what? It, it, I got ended up getting off the ships in '86. I was only on the ships for like six years. I worked on a couple of carriers. I worked on uh, a couple of the LPHs and uh, uh, like the Inchon and the Guam and, and stuff like that. But uh, I had applied to get off the ship. Like you know, everybody wanted to get off the ships at that point. Uh, yeah. I ended up getting a job in a, a group called the Integrated Logistics Support. So I ended up on the other side of the shipyard, basically on the base side. Yeah, like the uh, nav C side or something, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. but but then unfortunately, the job entailed that I had to go back out to the ships like twice a week. Yeah, yeah. Verify equipment and stuff like that. So it wasn't a bad job, but uh, I ended up leaving there. Uh, at, ironically enough, Yaden ended up giving a test for full time in '92, uh, in October of '92, and knowing the shipyard was going to close and. Even though I was a GS employee at the time, I could have like got on a stopper list and stuff like that, but I really didn't want to. So I took the test in Yaden and uh, ended up number one on the list. So cool. uh, and then got hired full time in July of '93, July first cool. of '93. So that's a little. Um, and you were with them for well until 2019. Well, I was with him a total. I was in a Yaden uniform for 44 years. So uh, the part-time counted toward part your retirement? Yeah, and then 25. Oh. No, actually, it didn't count. But it was 25 years full-time. Uh, I retired in uh, July of ninety, uh, July of 2018. July 1st of 18, I actually retired. Uh, so I had 25 years full-time. Uh, the part-time years never counted. Uh, there had been a lot of un a lot of towns that were trying. The FOP was trying to do it to allow guys to let some of their part time things count, but yeah, a lot of towns didn't want to do it. You know, all the individual towns didn't want to do it, so it didn't count. So, uh, but that's okay. You know, I mean, I met a lot of good people and worked with a lot of great people, and God bless their souls, they're they're all gone except for one, Tommy Reynolds, but. Uh, and Mike Dolly, they're the only two that are actually from the original crew that are still left. Uh, that was the Reynolds we used to hang out with in St. Louis, right? Tommy? Tommy Reynolds? Eddie. Uh, Eddie. Probably Eddie. Ed, well, Eddie was a little older. So it was uh, uh, Tommy was younger. Tommy uh, uh, actually just retired this year. He'd be like my brother Tom's age, right? Yeah. 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 Same yeah. crew. Yeah. Right, 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 okay. right. There was Paul, Paul, Tommy, and Eddie. Eddie was all. Eddie was my age. Okay, maybe a little, maybe like a year older. Well, how did you get into bodybuilding as a competition, which was um, actually the point of this conversation? Forty minutes later, yeah, there there was a guy that lived across the street from me in Yaden on Fern Street. His name was uh, uh, Eccles, um, and he had a gym in his basement. And he, he, I would go over across the street and work out at his basement once in a while. And uh, he actually got me into reading the magazines and stuff like that. And uh, he actually had a little competition called like the Mr. Fern Street, because that was the name of the street we lived on. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he had, it in his, he had it in his living room. And there were a couple people like me and him and uh, Paul Hood and uh, 
you know, that, that actually competed, you know, or whatever. And, it, you know, we had a little competition thing and that, that actually got me hooked. Uh, yeah. And actually like reading the magazines and starting to follow people. And, and it was like the old era, uh, not like today, you, you know, back in the eighties. Uh, but ironically is I never really competed uh, until 2013. Uh, I worked out, I kept in shape because actually being on a police department, I wanted to stay in shape for that. I wanted to stay in shape in the military, uh, you know, for medical reasons and stuff like that. It's just, you know, you want to stay in shape. Uh, yeah. And I actually decided in 2013 to compete in the uh, Mr. Philadelphia competition that was held in uh, Plymouth meeting. Uh, did my, you know, I did my best. I read all the, read all the stuff there was to read, trained myself, uh, did my own nutrition. Uh, I did okay. I didn't do great. I placed fourth, but, um, that, that actually sort of like, I backed away a little bit at that point because I, I didn't feel like I was ready. Yeah. And I was getting older. Uh, I really wasn't going to go anywhere with it. I mean, I, yeah, it was like, I competed in what they call like NPC and that national physique committee. Uh, you're not a pro, uh, you're an amateur. Uh, so, you know, in 13, I did that. And then I, I, I started getting a little more interested in it. And I ran into a guy, uh, in Jersey, uh, who had competed before, uh, his name was Dave Palouse. And he, started training me off and on and giving me nutrition ideas. And I started doing a lot of research because uh, with bodybuilding, uh, nutrition is 75% of it. Yeah. You know, working out, it, it, you know, okay, you work out, you work hard, you do different things, but nutrition is the big thing, you know, and it's like anything else. If you're a runner. What's, what's the key in that regard? Before we get into that, are, are, are you on an apple? Uh, no, uh, I'm on an HP. Okay. Um, do you know how to find your display preferences? Go to preferences and drop down, and that's good. That better? Yeah, if that's, that's not too cool uncomfortable, that works good. Yeah, okay. There you go. There you go. Yeah, I was getting late coming in from the window. I was actually trying to show you all my awards. <laughs> oh, that, there you go. Hey, look. Got my love me, Walt. Well, mine are, mine are above me here. I'll have to take them off the wall. All my bodybuilding and powerlifting awards. But, uh, go ahead. You were asking me something. Yeah, we'll, uh, we will get into the awards. Um, but you hit on something really important, and that's probably, other than being ridiculously inconsistent, yeah. my, my bugaboo is probably diet that keeps me yeah. from reaching any kind of decent potential. Okay. Um, I assume I'm a novice. I've never picked up a weight in my life. I've never worked out. Yeah. But I want to. I want to bulk up. I want to tighten up. You know, straighten up. Where would you tell me to start? What would you uh, recommend? There's there's a lot to that. Um, you know, people that come to me and say, "Hey, I want to do this," like what things like you're saying. And the first thing I do is I say, I want you to do me a favor and write down everything you eat in one day. Like, how much do you weigh? How old are you? 
tell me what you eat in a full day. I don't care if it's carbs, protein. I don't care what it is. Uh, and then at the bottom of that, it's like, what's your goal? You know, a goal <clears throat> could be, all right, I want to, I want to get more defined. Uh, I want to bulk up. Bulking up is a, is a phrase that is pretty much used instead of saying getting fat. Like yeah. a lot of bodybuilders in their off season, they say, oh, we're going to bulk up. No, you're going to get fat because yeah. you're going to eat up. Uh, and and you don't want to insult anybody, but it's, you got to be true. It's like, look, you know, if you want to bulk up, there's, there's, it takes time. And the older you are, you know, I'm 69 years old. I already know that I'm not going to get any bigger. You know, I'm just going to maintain what I have and, and work on what I have. Uh, and, and that is, is a lot of its age, you know, like you see some of these people on TV, it's like, Oh, I'm 70 years old and I'm in better. Yeah. Okay. Well, what supplements are you taking? Right. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, supplementation is a big thing, but nutrition is the most important thing, you know, and you know, what health problems you have, uh, like for example, I'm diabetic. Uh, I found out in 2007 that I was diabetic. So for the last 16 years, I've been living with that. So not only am I working out to stay in shape, I'm working out because I want to keep my blood sugar levels low. You know, I want to live. And, you know. Do you have to I, do the shots and everything? No, actually, I'm not. I'm just on pills. But um, I started out on shots. I started out on shot, like four shots a day. And, and I, oh. I just kept getting better and better and better at it. Uh, and within a year, I was off shots and I was on pills. So, uh, but that's another reason. Is you like, what health problems do you have? You know, are you allergic to any foods? Uh, because that that's a big thing. A lot of people are allergic to foods and they don't tell you. And then when you write out a diet for them, they go, "Oh, I can't eat this." Well, why not? Right, um, right. To it. Okay. Well, that would have been nice to know. You know, because it, it messes up the whole thing. So it's 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 that. It, it's what are you eating you know, in a in a twenty four hour period of time? Uh, you know, and what's your goal? You know, how old are you? You know, and, and and it really doesn't matter your age. It's like you know, a lot of people our age want to live longer, right? And they want to they want to get to a point where they're not carrying a lot of fat on their bones or or. Their, or their or their joints and the you know the joints start to bother you and stuff like that and the more weight you're carrying but uh it's it's important to know the realistic goal you know like hey i want to look good in the baby suit through the summer okay fine yeah, that's a good goal all right so you know you don't tell me that in at the end of may <laughs> I want to look in the baby suit in the summer i said well are you talking about next summer yeah so, that's what yeah Talking about this summer, we got a lot of work to do, you know. And then it's and it's you know, people go, well, "How much cardio do I have to do?" You look, get up in the morning, go outside and walk for twenty minutes. You know, now I understand. I see where you you live. You live near the water, Colonial Village, where you live in Virginia. Is that near the water? Uh, we're in Virginia. Yeah, uh, you know, is there areas where you can go out and really have a nice walk? Yeah, I do walk. I, okay. I I can walk up to eight miles on some oh, days. Okay. Well, there you go. That's a start. Yeah. The only thing that looks good on me is my legs. <laughs> <laughs>
One of the most direct ways the P4B is supported is through Poe River Furniture and Yard Games. I won't get too specific about who runs Poe River, but he's really good looking and his initials are Matt Jordan. There are a number of one-of-a-kind pieces that I created, including very nice wine stoppers and what I call recycled pallet art. There's also a huge selection of gifts that I designed and had made off-site. Occasionally, you will see yard games listed. That will depend on how often this podcast allows me to be in the shop. I'll leave a link or a button below so you can shop Poe River. Well, the one big key is, is what we do is called fasting cardio. Is, is you get up in the morning and you don't eat. You just go out and you do your thing. You get your you get your blood moving. You get your joints softened up. You get your body moving, uh, and then you go home and have a, a you know the breakfast. Just like they used to say years ago, is the most important meal of the day. That's where you have your protein, your carbs, and your fats, and you know pretty much plans your day of what you're going to have for the rest of. Do the you day. do you eat pretty much a normal breakfast, or do, do you eat anything special? I I actually have been eating the same breakfast for 16 years. And it's my my diabetic breakfast. I have a cup of egg whites, a full egg, and a bowl of oatmeal, which consists like a packet of oatmeal, which is like 30 grams of carbs. You know, because as a diabetic, you have to watch your carbs, your carb intake. Right. That's my breakfast every morning. That's it. Okay. That's it. I mean, people, so people know. think, and, and I, I fall into this mindset sometimes too. If you want to have, you know, 180 pounds of muscle, you got to eat like a pig and work no. like a maniac. No, but it doesn't work that way. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It, it's, it's eating, you know, like I eat sometimes four, five meals a day. Like when I was training, I was eating six meals a day. Wow. Hard because you have to eat every three hours. And you basically have to force the food in. And it's like chicken and, you know, chicken and rice, chicken and rice. You know, my <laughs> wife used to sit there and go, you're going to start growing feathers. Uh, but, you know, for a normal person, four meals a day, if you want to get into some type of condition where you feel really, really good is important because and it's every three hours and it's small meals like breakfast is your big meal. And then it's real small meals, like every every the other three hours, and you get your metabolism. I don't care how old you are; you can move your metabolism. You can change it when Easy. you're when you're doing that rotation, four four meal rotation. Yeah. What uh, is it again? Balance protein and carb, or do you concentrate on one or the other? It's balance. It, it's I I had uh, I had a guy who was training me for this last competition I was in. Uh, last year. Uh, his name was Guy Sisterino. He's an IFBB pro. Uh, and he made me up a, a, a 12-week diet. What we call meal plan. Diet plan, meal plan, whatever. Yeah. And it was already all balanced out and stuff like that. It was how much protein, how many grams of carbs, how many grams of protein, how many grams of fat. Uh and, and it's important to, and I was measuring food. I had a scale. 
So I would measure stuff. So I measure all the grams out and that's what it was. Um, some people don't want to go that far. They don't want to, Oh, I have to go buy a scale now and I have to yeah. buy food. You know, I have to measure how much salt I use and stuff like that. It's, it's, it's just, if, if you want to eat, like if you have like a really good breakfast in the morning and maybe around lunchtime, you know, you want to have a sandwich or something like that, like a turkey and cheese sandwich or even a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's fine. You know, it's just like the next meal could be, you know, if, if chicken or fish or steak or some type of beef or whatever. And and people are like, well, how much rice should I eat? Like eh, a handful, you know, like a like a half a cup, you know, like make some make some uh, ready rice or whatever and just make a half a cup and, and eat that. And believe yeah. me, rice fills you up. It yeah. Fills you. And yeah. then you have dinner. You know, if you can manage four meals a day, then you're on you're on your way. You know, I don't know how many meals you eat a day now. I can just imagine it's not that right hard. now. I'm doing I'm doing two to three. Yeah. And okay. unfortunately, my wife is the most phenomenal cook on the planet. Oh. And she knows my palate. <laughs> so she'll make something and I'll sit down and say, okay, honey, I'm just going to eat a normal adult portion tonight. I swear, you know, a little bit of food, a little bit of starch, some greens, some yeah. protein, maybe heavy on the protein. Yeah. And that's it. And then two helpings later, you know, she makes, she makes stuff that will feed six and I eat more than half of it, you know? Just for taste, I haven't developed that discipline to say, okay, scoop it up. Okay, eat and go. Well, there is actually a ratio. There's actually a formula um, that that we use, and it's basically one and a half times your body weight is the amount of protein you eat, and then 0.8 grams, 0.8 times your body weight is how much carbohydrates you eat. And measured in grams. Yeah. Okay, so, so grams. I mean you can uh, measure it in one seventy uh so I should eat like I'm one seventy, probably one seventy two, one seventy three right now. Right. Okay. So, so one point five of that. Second? One point five of that. So if if you're hundred and seventy pounds, let's say you're hundred and seventy five, okay? Yeah. So if, if you're hundred and seventy five pounds then in a full day, a full day, you would eat 262 grams of protein the whole day. So you that's a lot, it. isn't it? To 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 well, act not really. you have much... to break it up. So if you're eating like you know, it, it, it's that's you're talking about a whole day. Now that's also a, that's a bodybuilding thing, you know. Right, right. Uh, you could cut that in half, you know, but. Whatever numbers you come up with is the whole day. It's not one meal. Right. So, okay. Uh, and then 0. 0.8 on the grams for carbs. For carbohydrates. Yeah. So well, that's and, pretty generous, actually, for carbs. Yes, it is. Yeah. And, and, and carbs, you have to remember that carbs turn into sugar. And, you know, you don't want to eat. You want to eat until you're full, if you know what I mean. Like when you're when you're eating, and all of a sudden now it's going. You know what? I really can't eat anymore. Then you stop. 
you know, and then after eight o'clock at night, you do not eat. That's the hardest thing that people get to get used to because people are used to the snacking or eating potato yeah. chips. Yeah, I, I've read up on periodic fasting and it's it differs with age and your goals yeah. and your, you know, yeah. your health. Yeah. So yeah. eight o'clock. So you're talking eight to eight, 12 on, 12 off, that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, if, if you have your breakfast at eight o'clock in the morning, uh, you know, if, if you go out and you do your fasted cardio, uh, you, you do four miles or whatever, uh, you know, and there's nothing wrong with doing cardio twice a day, but you, you want to start at the low end until you start feeling that your body is changing because when you start doing the cardio and you start maintaining it like every day, you're going to start getting hungry. Uh, especially if you start going to the gym, you know, you're going to get hungry real fast. Yeah. And, and the biggest problem that people have is, you know, they, they do their fasting cardio, they'll eat breakfast. Uh, they'll maybe do some work and then go to the gym like mid morning or something and then come home and like, I'm starving. And the first thing they do is they go to McDonald's or they go get a cheesesteak or they just overeat. Yeah. And it ruins everything for the rest of the day. Uh, and that the hardest thing is to get people to uh, fall into the re regime of you have to, you can only eat this much. You're going to be hungry, you know, and the best thing to do when you're hungry is drink water because water will fill you up. That's right. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and, and we, we get on a thing of drinking anywhere from a gallon to a gallon and a half of water a day. When you're training, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's believe it or not, drinking a gallon of water a day isn't easy. <laughs> and well, not, yeah, but if you spread it out, it's it's doable. It's doable. I, I drink a lot of water. Some days, some days I don't hydrate near enough. Yeah, but when I am working out and I am working, I have these things, and I'll blast through yeah, five. Okay. You know, yeah. that's that's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. It's not a gallon, but it's a lot. And, and you know, a meal can be a protein drink. It doesn't act as that doesn't necessarily have to be food. Uh, you know, you can get a protein powder that has like twenty eight to thirty grams of protein uh, in a in a like you know a twenty ounce glass of water or something or, or a shaker cup uh, and have pro have a protein drink and that's your meal. Or you yeah. get a replacement thing. I uh, often do that with a banana. Yeah, there you go. Throw, yeah. I'll throw yeah. milk and uh, protein and a banana, and that's breakfast. Yep. You know? Yeah. What I used to do, like, almond milk, uh, half a banana, and, like, strawberries or some type of berry or something like that, just to give it some flavor because the, the protein drink I had was vanilla, and I hate vanilla by itself. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, you add flavor to it. And it but that could be a meal. It doesn't have to be food. Yeah. I'll have to uh, I'll have to put a note in the text of this of this podcast yeah. of the protein drink I'm using right now. Okay. I've I've always when I've used protein drinks I would favor chocolate or strawberry. Yeah, that's fine. But they always had like a a weird pastiness to them. This stuff tastes like Nestle's Quick. Oh, there you it's go. It's the best goddamn protein drink I ever had, man. It's awesome. So when I'm working out, I reward myself with that bad boy. It's good. Yeah. It's really good. I mean, when this stuff first came out, you know, you have protein bars and would taste like cardboard, you know. And, yeah, and yeah. Protein drinks, you had to, like, hold your nose to get it down because it was yeah. 
Uh, and, you know, as years went on, the, the people, you know, developed better ways of having flavor and stuff like that. And, and yeah. uh, you know, like I, I, I use uh, either Cutler Nutrition or I have a company that I go with called Blackstone Labs. Uh, and, and they have a really good carb drink. Uh, and it's, it's got real heavy on carbs. So usually what I do is after I get done working out, I'll check my sugar to see what it is. Like I have a little portable meter and then I'll drink the carb drink. And that's my meal. That's my right. second meal of the day. So, yeah. uh, and it holds me over for a couple hours and until I can, until I can eat. Do you, do you ever go to bed hungry? I mean, um, does it ever bug you? Oh yeah. When, when I'm, when I was training, like prepping for a competition, and I knew that eight or nine o'clock at night was my last meal. Uh, and I didn't go to bed till like 10 or 11. Uh, I wake up in the middle of the night starving, but I knew I couldn't eat, you yeah. know, especially yeah. in the final six weeks of a prep. You got to be real, real careful. You know? Yeah. You somebody, somebody told me something that's important. And I remind myself of this all the time when I'm heading for a snack, it's okay to be a little bit hungry. It's not, it's not yeah. gonna hurt you. No, be hungry. No. Don't don't cry about it. Don't say I gotta eat because I'm hungry. If it's not no. time to eat, don't eat. No. You know? no they, they, that's the biggest problem. That's the biggest part of getting people into a, a diet program is to make them understand that you eat when you're supposed to, not when you want to. Yeah. And that's the key. And they look at you. What are you talking about? It's like, well, look, if you're going to eat every three hours, uh, you don't eat at two hours. Eat at three hours. You know, and you don't eat four hours, you eat it three hours. And right. you eat a meal. Uh, and yeah, you're going to be hungry. Uh, but after a while, your metabolism and your body get used to it, especially when you're older. Uh, it's tough. It's hard to get the metabolism going when you're, when you're older, but it works. Yeah. And it happens. Uh, yeah, I was, I was having success with that last year. Good. good. Um, as a matter of fact, I went from April of last year to November maybe into December a little bit working out regular walking my ass off. Good. Uh, I was doing, I was doing a carb rotation, no oh. carb, low carb, eat what you want every yeah, three days. Yeah. Yeah. I lost 15 pounds. I gained uh, muscle mass. Okay. That picture I showed you, I said, I'm going to mention that. Yeah. That'll, that'll appear here in the, uh, uh, in the video version on YouTube, but that shirt you see, right? That I'm wearing that shirt with the coffee cup yeah. is now almost as loose as this sleeve. Wow. Right. Wow. I did a 10 week marathon here at the computer with two different podcasts, morning, noon and night at the computer. Wow. That's all I did. My reward was sciatica. <laughs> uh, my muscle tone is gone, especially in my upper back. You know, yeah. all these things I work to improve, yeah. and that's been that's been my bugaboo for all these years. You know, I'll go to the gym, I'll get in great shape, sometimes awesome shape. Okay. Then I'll get a cold, or I'll go on vacation, or I'll yeah. do something, and bam, I break the habit, and it's months before I get back to it. Yeah. Is there is there any kind of discipline or mindset that you know of? Well, you know what? Uh, it, it's like it, we, we just went to Texas uh, a couple weeks ago for the weekend to see uh, 
uh, except to where I course I caught my daughter uh, and my grandchildren. And, you know, right away I was like, oh, I got to go find a gym. You know, I, I got to make sure that I, I keep my main, maintain everything going. And, yeah. and she had stuff in her garage. So it was like, okay, fine. I can just go outside and work out. But it, it's, and, and even if you don't, like my coach now, like right now, uh, I decided this year that I'm going to go back to powerlifting uh, rather than do a bodybuilding competition. Because uh, I was actually going to do, I did a bodybuilding competition in October last year. Uh, and I actually won my class. Um, and then the next one, you know, I, I figured, okay, I'll give myself a year, put some weight on, bulk up, you know, maybe try and, and put some size on, which I know isn't going to happen. And then the next competition was in August. And when I told my wife, I said, you know, I'm thinking about doing the, the competition in August. And the first thing out of her mouth was, well, there was my summer. Because she knows that we don't eat dinner together. We don't go out. We don't do anything. Yeah. It yeah. was eat, sleep, train. That's it. Um, so the gym I go to uh, is called the Bar Strength and Fit Strength and Fitness Conditioning uh, in Milton, and there's it's a combination of powerlifting gym and bodybuilders and uh, uh, CrossFit stuff like that. And uh, one of the other bodybuilders just said, "You know what? I think I'm going to do a powerlifting meet." And I was like, "You know what? Maybe I'll go because I used to do it." Uh, and, and I thought, you know, maybe I'll do that this year. Maybe I'll just come. Yeah, I saw, I saw your workouts that you posted. Oh, yeah, yeah. Some of them are crazy. Uh, what, what, what weight are you working with in those, in those videos you've been posting? In, what do you mean, what am I working with? The, the deadlift, the deadlift workout you're showing. Oh, uh, the deadlift workout I did, well, right now, what I, the meat, I, I did 325. Uh, and the, the weights you're seeing are kilograms. We lift in kilograms. Okay. Uh, uh, and the difference between regular steel plates, uh, like York plates or something like that, and kilogram plates, is kilogram plates are thinner, yeah. but they're more dense. You know, and, and where regular steel plates are almost twice as wide, so it's it's almost easier to lift kilogram weights because they're closer together and they're not spread out over the bar. Right. But uh, like right now, I decided that after the competition, I did I did a competition in March this year. Uh, and I did uh, the dead. All I did was deadlift. I deadlifted 325 because I had never deadlifted in a competition before ever. So I wanted to try it. Uh, I did 325. It wasn't what I wanted to get to, but it was a good start. And. Mm -hmm. Uh, I told my coach, I said, hey, you know what? I'm thinking, you know, would it be kind of aggressive to think about going to nationals? She goes, no, not at all. So uh, right now I'm in prep for nationals in uh, New Orleans in July, the end of July. Uh, and I decided to do a bench press meet also. So I haven't bench pressed since a meet in Iraq in 2011. So, <laughs> so how, did, how did you do with the deadlift meet? Uh, I actually placed first in my class. I was the, you know, it, deadlift is a little I was the only one. Uh, I was actually the oldest person at the meet. Uh, uh, and I was the only one in my class. So it, it kind of like, it, it's kind of like when I have competition. Yeah. Uh, so the only one. You know? Competition like, pushes you better. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like in powerlifting, it's you against you. Well, you'll, you'll, you'll have competition in New Orleans. Oh, I think I know I will. Yeah. 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 
especially in my in my class. Yeah, so it, that's okay. That's okay. You know, it, it, years ago when I started powerlifting uh, at a gym in Clifton Heights called Massio's, Tom Massio's gym, Clifton Heights. Uh, I was there and I started powerlifting and from 1997 till 2002. I was undefeated wow. uh, in bench press. Uh, and kind of like when I got mobilized in 2003 to Fort Dix, I kind of like fell away from it because I was too busy and I couldn't, couldn't do anything. Right, right. Well, I still worked out and stuff like that. But that, that's where I really got the powerlifting bug because it's a whole different thing. You know, it's like everybody cheers for everybody. Uh, bodybuilding now, too, especially in the NPC, it, it's when you're an amateur. It doesn't matter. It's, it, people help you out, stuff like that. But powerlifting is a whole different, whole different ballgame. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's you against you. That's it. It's you yeah. against the world. So, yeah, it's it's a it's a uh, activity based, not results based, in terms yeah, of competition. Exactly. I mean, yeah. you know, you get what you get. You know, and, and if if you don't get the weight you want, that's okay. All right, fine. You, you know what you have to train for, and yeah, and keep pushing towards it. And nobody really gets disappointed. You might get disappointed in yourself, but like your coach isn't going to look at you and go, "Oh, right, you should have done better." Yeah. No. no. Well, I got um. Based on everything we talked about, yeah. What are the, in your opinion, the primary benefit of number one, just being in shape, and number two, being in, in extremely good shape? I would call you extremely fit. You know, so uh, a person like I, I do, I, I settle back and get sedentary way too easily. Um, what are the benefits? of having a discipline system? Uh, longevity, health. Um, it, it helps your mindset. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's working out gives me a whole different attitude about everything. It, you know, it, it's like, I know that I'm not going to live forever. Nobody does. But and, and I have an added thing with the diabetes, uh, but it it helps me, you know, it, it just helps your mind. You know, it's, it's like you know, I get up in the morning and I go for my walk and I have breakfast and I, I know what time I'm going to the gym and I know what my workout's going to be. And I know my plan for the day at the house if I want to do anything or, you know, if I want to wash a car, if I want to go out on a dock and do it, it's just but it's in me to me it's longevity and health i mean and, and keeping your mind focused you know it, it's it's like because you have to plan and right right when you get older you kind of lose the planning thing especially when you get retired you know when you're working you know you have to get up you have to eat <laughs> breakfast you have to get dressed you have to drive yeah. to work i mean even when i was in the police department i had to get up do my thing, eat breakfast, put my uniform on, go to work, you know, be a police officer, come home, eat dinner, go to the gym. So there was a plan. Yeah. Uh, when you retire, now you have a, you, I mean, you're retired, but you're not retired because you have the podcast. So you have a plan, you have goals, you have things. Okay. I have to do this, you know? Okay. I'm meeting with Nick at 12 o'clock tomorrow. And this is what I want to talk about. So that's your plan. Some people, you know, they retire, 
and they don't have a goal or they don't plan or they don't look forward to things, it, it kind of like, you know, they, they get, they sit down in front of a television or, or you know, they, or they, they mope around like, what am I going to do today? Yeah, well, I got to admit, um, big events I plan like this. Okay. And I got a, I got a time set for Karen and I got, I got the days I got to edit, days I got to drop. Right. But I don't do well planning around them. You know, for that 10 weeks, I was glued to the computer. There was no other plan. It was the computer. Yeah. But now I'm not. So so I'm not filling my days as, as efficiently as I could, I think. Well, you have to have a secondary goal. You know, it's like... I'm, my working out is, is my my big thing. That's my that's my life. That's what I enjoy. My secondary goal is like my, my wife and I go to dinner, you know, every night, uh, or we go out on the boat, you know, or 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 I go work on the dock or something like that. It's like a secondary thing. It's like working out isn't my whole life. Um, go you know, cut the grass, do whatever. I play with the dogs. Do I relax a lot? Yeah, sometimes. Sure, I'll sit down. You know, if it's raining and I can't go outside, uh, do I read? Yeah, I have a couple books that I started, um, and I'll, I'll, I'm kind of disappointed in myself for not finishing them. Um, and I and I know that I have to get back to it, but yeah, you can't just have one goal. I gotta I gotta work out as much as I read. I read constantly. Well, that's I, got, good. I got like five books open right now. Wow, but. I yeah I I think based on everything you're telling me, what I have to find is some balance. You know, work versus workout versus you know. You have a hobby other than the other than the podcast. Mm hmm. Okay. I'm a woodworker. Oh, there you go. Yeah. There you and, go. And that has a business aspect to it, but I'm just I'm just putting little pieces of that together. I'm not out there every day. <laughs> So it, it's, I think it's just a matter of focus and balance. Just, yeah, you know, don't obsess. If I'm going to do something at noon today with Nikki D, I don't spend from nine in the morning till five at night obsessing with that thing I'm going to do with Nikki D. You know, that's, yeah. that's, I think, what I have to get away from. Yeah. You know, it's like my wife is a, is a, a she, she's a quilter and that's her thing. She loves the quilt, she loves the show. You know, in, in our house, off the bedroom, we have a, a separate room that used to be a changing room or whatever it was for the people yeah. that don't have before. So she put her sewing room in there because it's got a beautiful view of the water, you know, and, and, and it's like she'll go in and spend all day in there. And that's Does fine. she have the big, big long arm sewing machine? She's no, she's got a regular sewing machine. Uh, yeah. And she, she keeps talking about a quilting machine. Yeah. Uh, and, and I keep telling her, sure. I said I'll, I'll remortgage the house to buy it because they're thousands of dollars. But yes, she will. <laughs> yeah, she she enjoys it, you know, and that's her thing. But that uh, makes if she gets a quilting machine. Oh gosh, that's gonna that's gonna push her over the top in terms of <laughs> in terms of making great quilts. My my wife makes really great quilts. Really, but she she then goes ahead and pays somebody to do the the squiggly lines in the quilt. Okay. You know, okay. she did it once. She did it once. But when you make a full-size quilt, not yeah. a baby blanket. Oh, I know. You can't get that thing through a standard singer, you no. know? No. It, 
Linda, Linda can do a whole quilt by hand. Hey, wears the the outline. Uh, I mean, when we love a little short, when we lived in Texas uh, at our second house in Texas, we lived in a little town called Paradise, um, and the town was like a block long. And within that block, there was the the city hall, the who's the the, uh, uh, the museum, a couple of restaurants, the firehouse. So she went in there one day and took pictures, and then decided that she was going to quilt, make a quilt of the town. And That's she really cool. She yeah. quilted the whole town, uh, and as a result of it, her quilts now she was requested. Her quilts now hang in the Paradise Museum. Cool. They let they wanted her to keep her quilts there. So yeah, yeah she's good. She's good. I mean, cool. yeah, she does everything by hand, and it, it's. I, yeah, mean, I know there's there's quilters around here that do that. They they get together in a big group and they yes. sit there and. Yes. Wow. Yeah. That's that's tough work. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> oh. She used to go to a quilting thing every Saturday when we were in Paradise. You know, and she was like. The youngest one by thirty years that was there, but she she enjoyed it. That's her thing, you know. And I'm like, great, okay, whatever, you know. How the how the hell do we get on quilting? I don't know. <laughs> Secondary goals. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. You got to You got to have other things in your life. Got to get your wife and my wife together if if she's a quilter, man. They'd oh, they, they'd have a blast. They'd have a she blast together. That. She loves working yeah. with people. Yeah, but um, yeah, so. I did mention, I said, is there anything that people should know, things that you want to talk about specifically regarding health or working out or, you know, cardio or uh, things that I didn't bring up? Because I'm not a bodybuilder. I'm not a fitness instructor or anything like that. It, it's, you know why, it's, there's always time. You know, the biggest the biggest thing is like, I don't have the time. Yeah, you do. Everybody has time, whether it's in the morning, whether it's when you come home from work. And, yeah, I know I work 12 hour days and I was tired. But you got to basically look at yourself in the mirror and say, I need to do this. Uh, and, and it's the only thing that I can say to people. It would be make the time, plan, set a goal and go for it. It's only going to help you. You'll feel better. I mean, it's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen in a week. But within a matter of, I, I would tell people after six weeks or whatever, they, oh, I don't notice a difference. And I'm like, look, you've only been doing this three days a week for four weeks. It, 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 when somebody like me does it and works out six days a week for six weeks, for four weeks, it takes me almost six weeks to make see a difference. And it'll happen. And it's, you know, it's like stay off the scale. The mirror is your best friend. You know, like my my bodybuilding coach would not let me stand on a scale. He says, I don't want you, I don't want I don't want you to weigh yourself. Yeah. I don't want you to tell me how much you weigh. I want you to look in the mirror. I want you to send me pictures every week. And that's when we're gonna see the differences. And, and it's people get on a scale right away and they go, Oh my god, I'm 180 pounds. Oh, I gotta, I gotta do this. I gotta do that. Forget the scale. Look in a mirror. Yeah. Now, when I did that that work last year, I was hitting the scale, and I was seeing the weight go down. Yeah. Um, 
Sure. But when I would look in the mirror, I kept seeing what looked to me the same guy. Sure. Except I was putting on clothes I hadn't worn in six years. Exactly. You yeah. know? And then when I did that horrible layoff, I was going uptown. I was going up to Philly a couple of weeks ago. And I'm trying on clothes to see if there's anything left that still fits me. And that's just 10 weeks. That 10 weeks did that. It was all gone. Well, it, you know, it, people will notice before you do. You know, it, and, and I keep telling people that. It's like, look, you may not notice, but somebody's going to come up to you one day after three or four weeks and go, wow, man, what are you doing? You look great. And that's the thing that's going to be the, like the bing in the head. The, the, the bell's going to go off yeah. and go, wow, it's working. Uh, you know, clothes, putting clothes on, you know, and when, when pants start getting loose, when shirts start getting loose or a shirt starts getting tighter, yeah. you know, if you're doing a lot of upper body stuff or even your legs and stuff like that, it's like, you know, like uh, I weigh 190, 193, something like that. Uh, and my body fluctuates. I mean, you know, it's, it's when you're bodybuilding, uh, I started my last bodybuilding prep. I was 195 and I competed at 183. You know, I had to lose that much weight to tone down. Wow. Thing, you don't have to do that. You know, you still have to diet. You still have to eat right, but you don't have to drop weight. You don't. Yeah, have you to... are. You are definitely different than when you were doing the bodybuilding. Yeah, you look oh, different yeah. now. Yeah, you look yeah. actually. I think you look bigger through the shoulders, a little bit. Well, you know, it's it's the powerlifting part of it. It's like the deadlifting and then benches and stuff like that. And actually. Uh, like one competition I was in, in, uh, 2016 in Jersey, uh, that was to me was going to be my last bodybuilding competition. And I went all yeah. out. I actually completed it. I was like 173. Yeah. And I look pictures. I look at pictures of that now and go, Oh my God, that was terrible. <laughs> was like, 173 was terrible. Maybe a little run. Is that too light? <laughs> I was, well, I just, I had never lost that much weight before. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I was caught up and everything else, but I was like, oh my good God. And, and I made myself a promise that the next time I competed, I would compete a little heavier because I felt better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I felt better. Yeah. Uh, that you, there is, there is a sweet spot in terms of weight. Yeah. I've never been there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I know, uh, especially people who, all their lives are overweight, and then they crash diet, uh, and they lose weight, like Dom DeLuise. Yeah, uh, he was he was morbid obese and went down to looking like me right now. And everybody was saying, "Oh, that's so great!" He went ahead and put forty pounds back on because he yeah. said, "I hated my life." It's very you know, easy. Yeah. I'm a happy fat guy. That's my job, you know. And uh, and he was. It, it it was better for him. He didn't get. He didn't get gigantic like he had been. But for him, he needed that, whatever that place was, you know? Yeah, it's really easy to do that. You know, once you lose weight, it's real easy. Like, if you're not careful, you can put it right back on. Yeah. You know, people do the keto diet and stuff like that. It's like, oh, that's well, that's all well and good. But, you know, it, it's you have to maintain that. And you, you have to be dedicated to that. Because the minute you come off and you start – eating normal, the weight goes right back on. Yeah. It's the way it is, you know, and then the older you get, the harder it is, especially with like back fat, you know, like my biggest thing 
when I was dropping weight with the fat, the fat on my back. It's just like, that's when I knew that I was really getting close to looking pretty decent. Well, yeah, I, I get, I get jelly rolls and a beer belly. Yeah. 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 It's, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough. But I mean, you have a, you have a basis. I mean, you walk, you go to the gym and it's just, you know, it, that's a yeah. good thing. That's a yeah, good I just, thing. Just gotta, I gotta, I gotta get more consistent. And I'll tell you what, if I could do this, um, I'm going to ask people to, to post questions in the comments section. Uh, based on everything we talked about, if there's anything we missed, anything they'd like to hear about, and I'll forward them to you. Okay. And well, I, and I, in the meantime, I'll, I'll keep you abreast of what I'm doing to try to get back in the game. Yeah, I'll email you uh, my base, what we call a meal plan, but a diet. Uh, that my coach gave me the first week of the of the twelve weeks, which was this is how you're going to start off. I'll email that to you, and you can look at it. And it, it was six meals a day, but five, four like one of the meals was a, was was a shake. Uh, and it's tough when you tell people oh, you got to eat every three hours. Well, if you look at it, it's like six in the morning, nine in the morning, twelve. There's three meals. Three in the afternoon, you know, it's like, well, how do I do that? You, you have to do it, you know? And it's like, well, you don't have to do six. If you're ham not and cheese. Can you do that? Like roll up some ham and cheese and call that a meal? Uh, it's a lot of fat. Yeah. Uh, but um, no. Okay. <laughs> to be honest. But it, it's, you know, for a normal person, I tell them, look, try to concentrate on four meals a day. That's the normal thing. You know, and make breakfast your biggest, like most important meal of the day, because that's what's going to carry you through to the next meal, uh, because your next meal isn't going to be as big. So I'll set, I'll send you the diet and, yeah. and I'll email it to you. And then you can look at it. And, yeah, it's six meals, but you can just cut it down to four. You know, that's not hard. Uh, yeah. And it's all it's all in grams and how much it is. So it's easy to do. Um, and it's not that hard. It really isn't. It's, it's, you mentioned the word a couple times that it's called the biggest word is consistency. Yeah. That's the biggest thing in this in this sport or any sport like swimming. Any sport you pick it, consistency is being consistent with the workouts, being consistent with your meal plan, being consistent with you know uh, your daily life, and, and, and you know having faith in what you're doing. And, you know, thank God I'm, I'm, I'm a healthy guy, you know, I'm healthy in my, in my respect, you know, it, it, it's like my sister and I are, Lisa and I are both very healthy, which is great, you know. Uh, yeah, how's she doing? Tell her hey for me. She's doing very well. She retired back in, two, she retired the same year I did uh, from what she was doing. And uh, uh, she lives in Virginia, or I'm sorry, she lives in Charleston. She lives in, in, uh, in Mount Pleasant. Um uh, uh, she's been living there for for a few years. Uh, she's doing real good. She's doing real good. You would, I mean, she holds her age very well. Yeah, you know, me, I'm a little different, but you know, she holds her age really well. That's what I was, that's what I was saying. If she would kindly age with the rest of us, that would be yeah, appreciated. Really. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, she's, uh, uh, listen, uh, man. Um, we have gone an hour and a half. Believe really? it or not. Wow. Yeah. Time flies. I'm going to spin this around. And yeah, you, yeah. Give me I'm a just, rundown on that. 
That is, okay, so the first part right there, uh, with those trophies and the one, the big one right there, they are my bodybuilding trophies. Uh, it's, there's one, two, three, four. The big one was actually from 2002 in a competition in Havertown. Uh, it was called the Pose for the Cause, and it was a benefit for Don Gwinnell's school. Okay, cool. Uh, when Don Gwinnell was still around. Yeah. Uh, and I was a powerlifting coach at the school for the kids. And they decided that the, the guy decided, let's have a bodybuilding competition and we'll do a benefit and all the money will go to the school. And we had a really great show. A lot of people showed up. A lot of people competed. Uh, I actually won the master's class, so it was great. Uh, so I, I competed in the master's class. So uh, there, there's some of, there's like four or five of them there. They're the bodybuilding trophies. And the other ones right there, they're the powerlifting trophies right, right there. Okay. Uh, actually, I had about three dozen of them. But when we moved from Pennsylvania, I had to get rid of them. Yeah. <laughs> my wife's sort my wife's Keep your favorites. Is, yeah. It's like, look, just put them on the kitchen table and take pictures of them. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, fine. So, the only bodybuilding awards I ever got was my wife saying, good workout. Here's a ham sandwich. Yes. <laughs> That was it. Yeah, there's some pictures up there uh, of my last three competitions that I did. I have one picture yeah. I have to put up. Um, but uh, I can't, I don't know if I unplug the laptop. This laptop's kind of funny. If I unplug it, sometimes it dies. So I don't want to unplug it and get it any closer. No, that's fine. That's fine. With it, the important thing is that's well, credibility. People, yeah, well, people can look at that and know that you're not blowing blowing sunshine up my ass or, yeah i mean my my military awards are up there on the shelf and stuff like that but yeah. you know, i have everything up here like my dad i have a picture of my dad above me and a picture of me and my wife and, and stuff like that from our wedding and uh but um yeah that's that's the thing when people come over to visit and uh hey let's see your office and they walk in here and the first thing they look at they see all my military stuff up on the wall and then they turn around and they look up at the other wall and they go Wow, you really do do this stuff. <laughs> what do you think I do every morning when I'm driving <laughs> that street? You know, and it, it's that, that, yeah, the credibility is a big thing in this, in this life. It, it's, you know, anybody can talk, uh, say, oh, yeah, I competed in this competition. Okay, well, that's great. You know, I can give you yeah. websites where you can go look it up and you'll see me there. You know, my, my son, my son made a good, excellent point about that. Um, when he was getting ready for his first marathon, okay, he would tell people, there's two kinds of people who sign up for a marathon. The ones that are going to run it and the ones that are going to walk around telling people, I signed up for the marathon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, yeah. he, he, came, he came this close to being the second one. But uh, he did really good. Uh, that's you good. Know, that's 40, 44 years old, uh, office job, he has to work really hard to to stay in the game. Wow. Coaching, you know, working sixty hour weeks and still did a marathon in Philly. Did the he did the uh the November marathon last year in Philly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so then he did him and his brother did a half, the love run. Okay. So. Wow. How many kids do you have? 
I have four sons. Okay. I have 11 grandkitties. Oh, my good gosh. Yeah. Wow. Well, They're going to break me. I have three. I have my oldest daughter, Beth. Uh, and a funny thing, when you said something about my dad running up and down a pool, he did the same thing with my daughter when she was swimming. And, in fact, he had a license plate on the back of his car to say, Go Beth. Go Beth. Everybody in Delaware County knew who the hell it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I had Beth who lives, she lives in uh, Clifton Heights, uh, and, and she worked for the county. Um, my, the second daughter, my, like, is, uh, she lives in Texas. She's an environmental, she's got four grandchildren. And then my son, uh, steps on my son, he lives in Yardley. He has, he has two now. So I have six grandchildren. That's it. Good. But, and, and it, it's, I love them all. It, it's awesome. You know, and people go, wait a minute. How, how do you have three kids? I thought you only had one. I said, well, two of them are stepkids, but I hate using that term. You know? Yeah. Really yeah. Like, I don't want to, I have a, I have technically a step grandson. Who gives a shit about the step part? He's yeah, my grandson. He's, <laughs> yeah, you know, big deal. I mean, her family, yeah. you know, that's all, that's all that's important. It's, yeah. But, uh, where's your, see your sister still around, right? Say again? Your sister is still around, right? Yeah, yeah, she's uh, got two sisters. Yeah. One is about to retire from the insurance business. Okay. That's Ann. Right. And uh, Mary, okay. I still call her TC, uh, is uh, living out not toward Harrisburg okay. area. Okay. Um, Lancaster kind of. Um, and she's, she's still a musician. Wow! Still, she can she can look at an instrument and know how to play it. I, that's, she's that's, a musical savant, you know. That's great when people can do that. Yeah, and me and Tom sit around and get fat. That's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> talent, Tom, really, you know, everybody. I mean, you have a talent. I mean, I couldn't. You know, I've been on podcasts before where I never really, you know, I listen. You know, we, yeah. Like, some of the stuff with the with the coaches and stuff, and you just sit there and you listen to them. But you know, when when you said this, I went, "Wow, I said, this is going to be this is like an honor to me to be part of your your world and and you know just be you and I." I mean, I've never done this before. But you're a natural. If you ever if you ever thought, man, I could teach people about weightlifting, health, bodybuilding, you could do this as easily as falling off a rock because. You don't do what I'm notorious for, which is, uh, uh, uh. I do that all the time. When I when I go solo and I don't have it written down, I sound like a blithering idiot. <laughs> you, you, you picked a good. You, well, you picked a good subject, and and it's it's one that that I enjoy and that I you know it, it's been been my life for a long time. And you know, I always told my wife, I said, you know, when I turn seventy, which will be December of this year, I said I'm I'm going to do one. One more bodybuilding competition, and then I'm going to retire from, from competing. And my, I, my, I told my daughter that. My daughter, Beth, she goes, yeah, Dad, sure. She yeah, just right. said that <laughs> I said, look, I said, I, I may just stick with powerlifting because I'm having a lot of fun. Yeah. I really am. I mean, it's, it's, it's bodybuilding. Uh, I'll just try. It's hard. It really is. I mean, it, you know. I'm, it's I'm a job. Kidding. It's a job. Yeah, Whereas well, powerlifting, not, not so much. Powerlifting is. No, I, I'm not kidding when I say for, for 12 weeks, I did not eat dinner with my wife. That was it. I, I they, you know, she go, can we go to dinner? You can go to dinner. I can't, you know, or, or I'll bring a meal with me. 
You know, hey, the greatest thing to do in a restaurant. I'm going to take your Italian card away. You can't be Italian anymore eating like that. <laughs> oh, my God. No. <laughs> it's tough. It, it, oh, you man. know, and these guys that do it as pros, man. But they it's can crazy. Them. It's crazy. But anything is. any Anything that if, if you want to be at the pinnacle of something, you're going to have to be fanatical. It doesn't, it doesn't just happen. Exactly. You know, that's exactly true. That's exactly true. Yeah. Well, listen, I want to have you back on again. Okay. Um, we'll put it out there a few weeks. I got Ron Corey's coming back for the, uh, for the all-star break. Okay. And, uh, sometime after that, you know, okay. maybe I'll, maybe I'll have something to show you. Yeah. Okay. If right. I don't, we'll talk about something else. I'll, I'll send you that diet, and you can look at it. And then that uh, sounds like a good I'll idea. Send your workout because I'm. I, you'd have to basically tell me what you're doing. You know, like it's easy to try and say, okay, well, you want to build your legs, okay? Well, I can tell you to do these exercises. Right, uh, right. In fact, I'm going to be up your way actually in June. Uh, I'm going to a wedding. Uh, a guy I was overseas with is getting married, and I'm going to be in Bump Pass, which is a little west of you. Bumpus. Yeah. Bump is by Richmond. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're going to be up there like the middle of June. Yeah. How, how many days are you going to be up? Uh, well, we're going to be staying at the uh, uh, KOA in King's Dominion uh, from about the 8th to the 13th, I think. RV or cabin? No, RV. I got a, we have a motorhome. We have a motorhome. Yeah, we like to travel. So it, yeah, it's. Let, remind me when, when, you know, a few days before you come up. Yeah, yeah, uh, I will. Yeah, I'm I, supposed I, to have a June wedding, I think. But I've had too many visits to Philly. They're they're starting to pile up on me. <laughs> uh, so I, I haven't even I haven't even RSVP'd for that wedding yet. Uh, I don't even go out there that much. Yeah, just just give me a reminder. We'll come yeah, by yeah. and I'll check out your rig. You know, what? maybe we'll go for a very slow walk. I do walk slow. Oh, no problem. <laughs> but yeah, I walk let long. Me, let me see you in person again. Yeah. Are yeah. you running? Yeah. Do you run? Again? Do you run? Why would I my knees are jacked up? I I I walk. That's it. I I had surgery on my my right knee from getting hurt at work uh, yeah. a couple times and and I used to be able to run. I just can't anymore. My knees are too bad. Uh, the arthritis and everything else. Like I can trot. I may be able to shuffle, but yeah. <laughs> one no. <laughs> yeah. No, I can walk, but no, that's it. Yeah. All right, that sounds awesome. Yeah. We'll, we'll keep in touch. Uh, again, yeah, say sure. hi to Lisa. Give her all my best. Yeah, I will. And uh, if you run into any of the other crew, do the same. Okay. Sounds good, man. You be good. Oh, you be good. Thank you. God bless and you. Stay out of trouble. I will. All right. All right. Thanks for visiting the P4B. Please make liberal use of all the buttons and links that support the podcast and help it grow. Send inquiries to poriverproductions at gmail.com.